So peptides perform essential functions that really keep our bodies performing at optimal levels. They basically act as, as a signaling agent. So tell the body to do specific tasks that accomplish a specific purpose. So the targeted effect of peptides have numerous benefits. They may increase performance. They can speed up healing of injuries. They can expedite fat loss. They can prevent chronic disease. They can optimize sexual function. The list goes on and on and on. There's so many things, so many possibilities out there with these peptides. And I'm just excited to dive into some of those today. I'm Dr. Seth Osgood, the founder of Grassroots Functional Medicine. After personally struggling for years upon years with chronic health issues that traditional medicine and pharmaceuticals could not resolve, I finally found relief in true healing through a functional medicine approach. Since then, I've dedicated my life to helping patients around the world transform their health by getting to the root cause of symptoms and restoring their body's natural ability to heal. This experience has shown me that a true state of wellness often requires an integrated approach that brings in multiple disciplines and modalities. In this podcast, I will interview a variety of practitioners and health professionals to educate and empower you on the full spectrum of tools that are available to reclaim your health and vitality. If you are struggling with health challenges and you are not getting the answers or results you feel you deserve, or you simply want to optimize your health and take a proactive approach to wellness, this podcast is for you. And if you like this show and find it helpful, be sure to tell a friend, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcast. So let's get started. Well, hi, Mike. Thanks again for joining me on the Grassroots Functional Medicine Podcast. I've been looking forward to our conversation. I know this is a topic that we are both passionate about as we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of people with interest in peptides and I'm just anxious to, to dive in and, and, you know, just have a conversation to help people understand a little bit about, you know, what these peptides are and how they may be, be beneficial to improving people's state of wellness. Yeah, absolutely. Seth. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here with you in this way this evening. We have a lot to share and I think people are going to get a lot of let out of our conversation. Awesome. Well, I'll just, you know, turn the reins over to you and let and let you ask some questions and we'll just dive in if that works. Sure. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's just say, Hey, you know, what the heck, what are peptides? Well, that's a great question. So peptides for those, a lot of people don't know what peptides are. They've never heard of it, or maybe they've heard of collagen peptides or other types of peptides, but what we're referring to when we're talking about peptide therapy are, are individual peptides, which are really just short chains of amino acids or small proteins. And what they do is they are, they're naturally occurring molecules that are found in all living organisms, and they play a key role in most aspects of how the body works. So peptides perform essential fun functions that really keep our bodies performing at optimal levels. They basically act as, as a signaling agent. So tell the body to do specific tasks that accomplish a specific purpose. So the targeted effect of peptides have numerous benefits. They may increase performance. They can speed up healing of injuries. They can expedite fat loss. They can prevent chronic disease. They can support immune function. 
They increase muscle mass, improve cognitive health. They can optimize sexual function. The list goes on and on and on. There's so many things, so many possibilities out there with these peptides. And I'm just, you know, excited to, to dive into some of those today because I think there's a lot of people out there struggling, not getting a lot of answers or options when it comes to improving their state of wellness. And, uh, you know, they, they could potentially really benefit from, from these peptides. There's 20 naturally occurring amino acids in the body. And that's important to know because to really fully understand the concept of peptides, you got to understand what these amino acids do. So the amino acids, these 20 amino acids, they, they come together kind of like letters into words. They, they can be combined into a variety of different molecules. And that's where the, the different peptides come into play. So when, a, when there are two to 40 amino acids that come together, we call that a peptide. Where larger chains of 40 or more amino acids are referred to as proteins. So essentially, peptides are just small proteins, as we mentioned before. And, you know, there's, there's a bunch of peptides in the body. There's over 7,000 known peptides in the body. And each one has a, a different function or plays a role with a different signal. So these messengers tell the cells in the body or the tissues to perform specific tasks. And all of these tasks really can be utilized in strategic ways and customized for individual people to, to help improve their situation and optimize their well-being. So it's, it's pretty exciting. And I know that was a really long answer, but there's lots of things that peptides can do. And I think it is important for people to understand really what a peptide is before they dive into thinking about utilizing this as a therapy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is very exciting. So what, what roles do peptides play in the body? So the role really depends on what peptide you're using. You know, each peptide is going to do something different. Again, it's, it's a signaling agent, but just to name a few, they're really important for the synthesis of DNA, which is the code of our cells, which determines everything from the color of our eyes and our skin to our height, to our body type, and even our risk for developing diseases as we age. Peptides determine our mood and psychosocial well-being. They're required to produce neurotransmitters. A lot of people have heard of things like dopamine or serotonin, oftentimes because that these are the things that medications are addressing. But peptides are absolutely essential for, for the creation of those to control depression or in anxiety or the symptoms that, that lead to those problems. They're essential for the synthesis or the creation of enzymes, which are some of the basic building blocks of life. Enzymes bind to molecules and alter them in a specific way to create a response. So, you know, a lot of people hear of digestive enzymes, which are important for breaking down your food, but enzymes are also important for muscle function and nerve function and breathing. They perform thousands of roles within the body. Peptides modulate the immune system to some extent. They're important for controlling inflammatory responses. And this is probably one of the, the big reasons we utilize them in clinic is to help with inflammation and autoimmunity. They help tell the immune system what's appropriate and what's not appropriate to, to bring people into a state of balance. Uh, they assist with um, autophagy and apoptosis, which are fancy words. Autoph autophagy is the body's way of cleaning out damaged cells so new cells can have a place to, to live and to thrive. Uh, apoptosis is programmed cell death, 
which is a normal part of an organism's growth and development. But essentially, when cells are not functioning to their optimal level, they need to die and they need to be removed so new cells can have a place to be or else bad things happen. So peptides play a big role with that. And that's a big part of the whole anti-aging movement when it comes to peptides. We use peptides for mitochondrial health. How many people out there are suffering from fatigue, you know, and that, that oftentimes fatigue is related to mitochondrial dysfunction. We all learned about mitochondria in high school biology as the energy, the, the powerhouses of the cell that create energy for the body. And, and when those are not functioning properly for a variety of reasons, people really feel that in multiple ways and that can lead to disease down the road. So peptides can be really useful for energizing and maintaining healthy mitochondria. Uh, and they also play a big role with cell metabolism in general and metabolic flexibility just to keep people healthy and staying active. And again, the list goes on. There's so many mechanisms behind these peptides and it really just depends on what peptide you're talking about. With 7,000 peptides in the body, there's a lot of different mechanisms and ways that they can be beneficial. So it's pretty, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, I find myself really drawn to the the aspect of functional medicine that understands and appreciates that we all get sick differently. We all heal differently. So that means there are numerous tools that we find available to help patients get better. What inspired you to incorporate peptide therapy into our practice? Well, yeah, just, just that, exactly that, what you're mentioning. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing that inspired me to incorporate peptides was just adding a tool to the toolbox. I started looking at it just like I do with most things after patients asked about it. So they sounded intriguing to me. I had multiple patients, you know, hearing about peptides. And so I did my own deep dive into them and just found them extremely fascinating. But uh, realistically, how people are coming in with very complex conditions. They're going to multiple doctors, they're receiving all of these different diagnoses and then they're left with very little solutions. So maybe they're given some medications to help with symptoms and those medications have side effects and they have to take medications to deal with those side effects. It's just a vicious cycle, but not a lot of people are, are really diving into what's driving the problem to begin with. And uh, we all need tools to help figure these things out because just because someone has one diagnosis, you know, let's say rheumatoid arthritis, for example, they're often in that situation for different reasons. So you can have five people with the same diagnosis and all five of them are there for different reasons. It can be related to tick-borne illness. It can be related to toxic exposures or heavy metals. It can be related to inflammatory foods or significant trauma or stressors. There's something that clicks that switch in the body that leads to the disease, but people get there for different reasons. And so, you know, with that being said, we can't expect the same, the same set of tools or the same drug to be equally effective for each person. Because the grassroots, we really deal with a lot of people with these complex cases, uh, you know, we have to keep our, we have to continue to learn. We have to continue to bring in new modalities. In, in my philosophy is, is if it's safe, and it has the potential to help, then why not give it a try? And, you know, peptides absolutely fit into that category. Again, the reason we really introduced this because I had a lot of patients who are interested and then the whole model fit into what we offer at our clinic. They're, they're safe. They have a lot of potential to be effective 
and we can customize them and individualize them to really amplify results. Now, I, I always like to preface with there's no magic bullet out there. We don't just offer peptides in our in our facility. We are incorporating this as an additional tool with lifestyle modifications, with dietary changes, with balancing hormones and optimizing gut and managing stress. Because realistically, what I've found in my experience is that you need to do all of those things to get people better. If you just rely on one thing or try to look for that quick fix, it may really give you a little bit of relief in the short term, but in the long term, you're going to still end up struggling. Yeah, I think that's a great point to reiterate that uh, this is just another another really super helpful tool in our large toolbox and that uh, that it's not a, a quick fix or there's still a process that has to be engaged in and you know, that all that all makes great sense to me is is peptide therapy a new concept Seth well it's no it's actually not a new concept a lot of people will be surprised to know that peptides have been around for a while they really began you know the first peptides came out with in, in 1920 or in the 20s somewhere in that range and it was the first when the first therapeutic use of insulin was given to diabetics who didn't make enough insulin so peptides have really taken off from that point. They've been studied around the world for many years and, uh, and they're proven to be really beneficial for a whole host of different problems. You know, people are seeing there's good research out there around immune re dysregulation, reducing inflammation and oxidative stress. So when you look at those three issues that I just mentioned, immune dysregulation, inflammation, and oxidative stress, those are really oftentimes the the root cause of disease no matter what disease process you're looking at if there's dysfunction in the body oftentimes there's a mute either a problem with the immune system there's inflammation or there's oxidative stress so if we can we can incorporate peptides to help calm down those problems then that's where the body come back into that state of homeostasis and, and really thrive but beyond insulin there are some other peptides that have been utilized in the conventional world. Oxytocin, which is kind of the love peptide. Everybody knows about that. Vasopressin is another one. It's a peptide that's utilized. Gonadotropin releasing hormone, And even glutathione. A lot of people who are in tune with, with health and wellness know about glutathione because it's the body's master antioxidant. It's really important for immune function and for detoxification and antioxidant activity. And it's a tripeptide as well. There's so many peptides that are available, but some of them are well known in the, the medical world and others aren't. And that's what we're trying to bring light to. Okay. So who, who can potentially benefit from peptide therapies? Yeah. So that is, that, that is a, a good question. And there's a lot of people who can benefit from peptides. It really just depends on what they're dealing with. So on one side of the equation, there's the optimization people. You know, those are the people who really just want to really work on anti-aging, who want to focus on longevity, have energy, live the best life possible, who are generally healthy and just want to be on top of their game. And there's certain peptides that can be really, really beneficial for that, for longevity, for endurance, for strength, for energy, there's certain peptides that can really help with that. But on the other side of things, there's, you know, there's the, the diseases and the symptoms that are really um, life altering for people. And that's where we're typically using more peptides in the clinic. 
So peptides have been shown to be really helpful with neurodegeneration, and there's not a lot of great options for some of those problems. They've got the peptides have good research for post-concussion syndrome, autoimmune disorders. Again, another really common thing we utilize them for. And just to touch on that real quick, you know, autoimmunity is when the immune system has gone rogue and starts attacking things inappropriately. So what some of these peptides do is they help bring balance back to that equation to tell the immune system, hey, this is not a problem. You need to chill out, calm down, and stop attacking inappropriately. We'll see that manifest clinically with some a significant reduction in symptoms when we utilize these, these peptides. Chronic pain, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, arthritis, um, you know, gut issues. We see there are certain peptides that can be really helpful for irritable bowel syndrome or Crohn's or colitis. Certain peptides uh, have some good research for psoriasis. And then diabetes and insulin resistance, some really game-changing peptides out there that can be helpful with that. Same with obesity. You know, that again, there, there's the list goes on and on. Each peptide has a unique action, as I mentioned before, so it leads to a different effect. There's peptides that can increase lean muscle mass, uh, improves workout, stamina, recovery. There are peptides to promote the uh, ability of the body to uh, process fat, reduce fat, visceral fat, and subcutaneous fat, increase energy, strength, endurance, accelerate healing from wounds. So people who have surgeries coming up, oftentimes will utilize peptides prophylactically and then after the surgery to really speed up that recovery process. There's a lot of benefits from growth hormone. We could talk all day about that and there's specific peptides that help the body produce more growth hormone. So not replacing growth hormone, which is where some of the problems have come into play in the past with some of the therapies that are out there, but actually just telling the body to make more of it. Uh, sexual health is big. A lot. There's some peptides that, that actually are FDA approved to help with increasing libido or sexual arousal. And again, concentration, neurodegeneration, memory retention. There's peptides that work really well for that. And as I mentioned before, there's just not a lot of great options in the pharmaceutical realm around those problems. And, and peptides, in addition to some of the lifestyle factors, are, are proven to be really, really helpful for that. Are there different strategies? for using peptides? So yeah, there are actually two different strategies for, for peptides. There's acute and what we call sustained. So we use peptides acutely for an immediate problem or a need. So if we're treating an injury, that's where the acute approach comes into play. So we will we'll, we'll utilize them for a short duration of time and we'll stop once the problem's resolved. But a lot of times we use them in more of a sustained manner. Now, sustained use of peptides is when we utilize one or more peptides together in combination, you know, over a longer duration of time to help with uh, more chronic needs. So like, for example, if someone has cognitive dysfunction, oftentimes we will utilize uh, a multiple peptides to over an extended period of time to help with uh, their memory or their recall. In another strategy, we may cycle peptides, and this is another common thing to do. Cycling peptides is when the therapy is administered at a higher dose or frequency for a specific amount of time, and then what you do is you take a break. We call it a peptide holiday, just like a lot of people will take hormone holidays on hormones. And we do this to keep the, the receptors, the peptide receptors on the surface of the cell healthy and to prevent what we call downregulation. Essentially, what can happen if you overwhelm the cell receptors with a specific signal, then they will naturally kind of downregulate the receptors so they're not getting 
stimulated so much. And we don't want that to happen because then the effect is not going to be as pronounced. So to prevent that down, that receptor site down regulation, we'll just cycle them, put, have them, someone take them for maybe six weeks or a few months, and then we'll stop for six weeks or a few months. Just those receptors can, can stay healthy. How does one get peptides into their body? So there's lots of different ways to do that as well. The, the most popular way to get a peptide in that people prefer is in oral capsules or in drops. And there are certain peptides out there that come in those forms. There's not as readily available yet. You know, they're working on that. They're trying to get it so more peptides are bioavailable so it's easier to take, but we're just not quite there. But nasal spray is another uh, method, topical creams. But realistically, the most common form of administration right now is subcutaneous injection. So what that means is it's an injection into fatty tissue. Now, anytime someone hears injection, they freak out. So we have to coach them around this. But a subcutaneous injection is done with tiny needles and they can be administered anywhere you can pinch body fat. So most people have some sort of body fat on their body. That could be in their belly. It could be on their butt. It could be in the back of their arm. There's lots of places to access it, but simply all you do is you're, you're pinching the body fat and you're giving yourself a little needle. It's really easy to do. You barely feel it and uh, people tolerate it very well. There's different frequencies. That's also important to know. You know, some peptides are administered a couple times a day. That's not that common. Some are administered daily. Uh, some are administered a few times a week. And then there's certain peptides that are literally just once a week. So again, it depends on what you're administering and the problem you're, you're dealing with, but it's, it's a really quick and straightforward process that is not hard to implement and it's not painful at all. You, you touched on this just a couple of minutes ago, but are, are peptides universally FDA approved? Yeah. So they're not universally FDA approved which is important for people to know about. There are peptides that are FDA approved. You know, like I mentioned before, oxytocin and insulin and vasopressin for specific indications. But there's other ones too that you may or may not be familiar with. A lot of, there's a lot of good marketing out there on the TV. So one of the common medications we often will see advertised is True Lance, which is used for a constipation. That's actually a peptide. One of the peptides that we utilize in our clinic uh, quite often for weight loss is called semaglutide. Brand name is Ozempic. That is FDA approved. And this is you know, something we will touch on in another podcast because this is a great peptide that works really well for people in conjunction with dietary and lifestyle modification. So a lot of practitioners are utilizing semaglutide for weight loss. They're prescribing it for weight loss without addressing lifestyle changes. And yes, people do lose weight in some instances, but it comes right back at the drop of a hat as soon as you come off. And that is not what we want. So whenever we're implementing a peptide for weight loss, we are doing this in conjunction with other strategies because we don't want people to just, you know, wax and wane and do these yo-yo diets. We want them to, to lose the weight in a healthy manner. We want them to maintain it. So semaglutide, excellent peptide, but you know, you just can't do this by itself. Vilesi is another peptide that's FDA approved. PT-141 is used for low libido or hypoactive sexual desire disorder. So this is a, another common problem for a lot of people. 
Again, you want to think about the why on this. This can be helpful peptide, but oftentimes there's other things involved that you want to explore like low hormones or high cortisol, but that's a, another peptide that's easy to get that can be, be beneficial. And there's, a, there's other ones as well that are out there, but unfortunately many peptides that we use for the therapies are not FDA approved and they're considered experimental. And there's a variety of reasons for this, but it is important to know because there a lot of these peptides we need more research on. There's some research out there. A lot of countries are doing not so much here, but a lot of the research is on animal models and we need more human studies available. And, uh, but reality is, is with research, if the drug companies don't see the peptide or the drug as being really profitable, they're not going to spend the, the billions of dollars to get the research done. So that's where we, we have to think outside of the box. We need to look at what evidence available and we need to just tread cautiously with some of these peptides and, and really see what the results are. Because one of the problems is that people don't have options. You know, people are, are, have been to the specialists, they've tried the medications, they've done the surgical procedures, and they're left thinking that this is how life needs to be. This is what we are going to see and what you're going to experience for the rest of your life. So you just need to get used to it. And that doesn't have to be the case. There's lots of outside of the box options that are safe and are effective and can really be a game changer as opposed to turning people's health around. And uh, you don't want to wait, you know, again, even for medical research, it takes over 15 years for research to, to finish up and enter into the medical world, you know, that that's typical. It's 15 years for research to actually be released into, into society and be implemented in, in medical practice. And a lot of people don't have 15 years to suffer. And so that's where some of these other peptides and other therapies, even if they are considered experimental, can be really beneficial. No doubt our listeners will want to know if peptides are considered to be safe. Yeah, they, and they should. They, I mean, with anything you do, whether it's a supplement or a medication or an alternative therapy, you really want to understand the safety profile, but every case is different and each case needs to be considered thoughtfully with a provider, with a practitioner who is well-versed in this stuff. But, but in general, yes, peptides are very safe, especially if you're working with a practitioner who's familiar with using them. As I mentioned before, there are peptides that are FDA approved and there's a lot of other peptides that are have a GRAS status or GRAS, which is generally recognized as safe by the FDA. But one thing I want to stress that is absolutely essential is you don't go online and get peptides on your own. So unfortunately, you just like there's bad supplements out there, there's bad peptides out there. You can literally go online and you can order peptides for injection on your own, which is very scary. You want to make sure you are getting your peptides from a U.S. compounding pharmacy that, you know, tests everything and uses sterile practices and ensures that the product is what it says it is and it's the potency that it says it is. So, you know, people are getting very, they're intrigued by peptides because of all of the information that's out there and all of the potential benefits. But so they're doing this and it's not worth the risk. So just find a practitioner who understand peptides and can get you the safe peptides because in general, yes, they are very safe, but there are wrong ways to do this and you don't want to be in that group of people. Okay. Well, while we're talking about safety, I'm sure folks will want to know if there's 
generally any side effects from peptide therapy? Yeah, so because peptides are naturally occurring compounds in the body or they're created to mimic naturally occurring compounds in the body, they're very well tolerated and typically have very low risk of side effects. Because peptides are selective and typically work off where they're needed, uh, there's there's no real risk of overdose and, and many of them haven't had a, there's no toxic dose that's been found. So like with drugs, they can build up in the body and they can then push the body past specific limits. But peptides are, because they're more naturally occurring, just kind of tell the body to do what it needs to do and then, then it stops. Now, with that being said, you know, each peptide is unique and will have a different side effect profile. So it's, it's really important to talk to your provider about the potential risks, just so you know what, what's out there. But the most common things we see because we're doing injections would be just irritation at the site or redness at the site. But again, you gotta, you gotta talk with your doctor to really review each peptide individually. Uh, and it's also important to know that even though the side effect profiles are low, that, you know, as research imp- increases and clinical experiencing expands, we're going to find more side effects. You know, that, that's just going to happen. I mean, some, a lot of these peptides you look at, there's literally no side effects listed, but you know, that there's side effects to everything you do. So whether that's even eating a food or taking a supplement, you can have side effects from that. So as we get more experience and clinical expertise with these peptides, we're going to see some side effects pop up. So it's important to communicate with your clinician and let them know about anything that may be happening that wasn't there before. But when it comes to comparing the safety and the side effect profile of peptides compared to many of the even common pharmaceuticals and over-the-counter pharmaceuticals, that doesn't even come close. I mean, they're, they're just, they're so, they're, they're really well tolerated. And are there any contraindications for peptide therapy? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question as well. It really does depend on the peptide itself. And because there's not, some of these peptides don't have a ton of human trials, there's some general contraindications that are, they're kind of like warnings, like, hey, if you have this, you probably shouldn't be doing this. And it's not necessarily because it's been found in research, it's just because of the mechanism of how that peptide works. So one of, an example of this would be many of the peptides that are utilized promote angiogenesis, which is, is again, the formation of new blood vessels. Now, this is a really good thing for many reasons. It's helpful when you're healing injuries or for cardiovascular health, you want to have more circulation. It's good for cognitive function and neurological function. But uh, when it comes to cancer, for example, you don't want the cancer to form new blood vessels. That can be a problem. So for a lot of the peptides, just as a general precaution, we say if you have active cancer, it's probably not something you should be doing. With that being said, too, there are specific peptides that are that have been shown to be helpful for cancer as well. You really, you just got to dive into each peptide. You got to know how it works. You got to know what the potential side effects are, and you got to take each case on an individual basis. But other than the cancer piece, there really isn't any contraindications. But of course, you want to make sure you're taking a peptide that's going to be beneficial for your body and your physiology. And that's what you have to really talk to your clinician about. Is it, is it important to monitor labs before or during peptide therapy, Seth? Yeah, so we always monitor labs on everybody. I think labs are underutilized, and I think there's reasons for that. But I am a big fan of, of labs because it tells us 
gives us information to know where we're at and what we're dealing with. So there are peptides uh, that are utilized that have specific labs. Like we will often monitor IGF-1, which is kind of a surrogate marker of growth hormone need and production for our growth hormone stimulating peptides. We will monitor, of course, you have blood sugar and insulin if we're treating that as a problem. But in general, we, we always look at liver, kidneys, red blood cells, white blood cells, those basic labs. And I think that's good to do no matter what you're treating or what you're taking, even if it is completely natural. But different peptides do different things, which will require different lab work. So that's where, again, you don't want to try to tackle this on your own. You want to work with someone who's going to walk you through it safely. What, what can people expect when they stop peptide therapy? Do the, do the effects that they have enjoyed stop as soon as you stop taking them? Yeah. So, so again, it, it kind of depends. You know, peptides, what they do in the body, which is really unique, is they produce biochemical changes that happen immediately. So that's just a fancy way of saying they can be very quick acting. They can, they can elicit a response fast, but a lot of times those changes will, will lead to effects that are sustained. So you may have a, a peptide that you're taking for a month, but you're seeing physiologic changes that occur for, for multiple months. So that's what's really unique. But when we're dealing with weight loss, for example, the peptides, the semaglutide, I mentioned that before, when you do stop that, your body will go back to how it was if you don't incorporate those changes that we talked about with stress and with lifestyle and with nutrition and with inflammation. So it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but you know, with a lot of these peptides, especially related to like the growth hormone peptides, you'll see an acute response and eat that will last and be sustained even after the peptide is out of the system, which is one of the really cool things about this therapy. It's, it's not just a one and done. I mean, it, it changes your physiology, implements changes that can be seen, you know, in weeks and months to come. So it sounds like peptide therapy is a, a catalyst, right? That helps pivot, but we still need the lifestyle factors to be altered in order for us to enjoy sustainable change. Is that, is that correct? That is absolutely correct. And I think that is probably one of the most important concepts for people to understand. Like I mentioned before, is you have to look at the big picture. That's the, one of the areas I think we fail when it comes to medicine. We're really trying to isolate a particular diagnosis or a particular problem and solve that problem without thinking about other consequences or other effects. I mean, we all see that. You go to the endocrinologist for your thyroid and then you start having heart palpitations. They send you to the cardiologist, you know, and then you're going to the gastroenterologist for your gut issues. It's just like one specialist to another because nobody's coming together and looking at the big picture, looking at how all of these pieces connect. So yes, peptides are absolutely phenomenal. It can lead to really good results, but you don't, you want these results to, to last. And you really want to develop a lifestyle that's going to set you up for success in the years to come. So, you know, we're not into Band-Aid solutions at, at our clinic. So that's why we don't just do peptide consults. We are incorporating that full adaptation program where we can help people manage their sleep and their stress and their nutrition and their exercise, because that's what's really going to help people capture the, the true results that peptides can offer. 
So yeah, I can't emphasize that enough. People, everybody wants the quick fix. I know that's what we all want. It'd be great if that was possible, but I just, I haven't seen that happen yet and, and lead to sustained results. And I don't think it ever will. It takes work. Everything takes work, work and effort. So what do you think the future of peptides is going to look like, Seth? Yeah, I really think we're onto something here with peptides. We're even seeing that in the, in social media, we're seeing it in books. People are talking about peptides because of all of their possibilities. I mean, there's over, like we, right now, we know there's over 7,000 peptides and we're just scraping the surface with these things. So I truly think there's a lot of opportunity out there to help with not only improving symptoms and reducing the incidence of disease, but optimizing health and taking us to the next level from an anti-aging standpoint. If anybody, a lot of people are familiar with Tony Robbins, he's got a, a new book out called Life Force and he has a whole section on peptide therapies. And that's where a lot of people are, are coming to us like, hey, this sounds really good. You know, how do we, how do we incorporate this into our plan? So it's getting a lot of attention and for good reason. I feel like there is going, we're going to continue to see growth in this area. We're going to continue to see new possibilities. There's already so much we can do, but I know it's only going to get more exciting. And I'm literally going to conferences every few months and there's just more and more coming out every few months on, on this subject. And it's just really exciting to learn about. All right. Well, great, Seth. You've shared a lot of great information about peptides with all of us. And Jesus sounds like there's just an awful lot of possibilities, right? And still so much more to learn. Happy to be able to offer this to folks and uh, certainly looking forward to answering questions along the way. Absolutely, Mike. And I really appreciate, you know, you joining me for this conversation. I know you're hearing a lot of questions about them as well. And I want to let our listeners know the point of this podcast is really just to give an introduction to what peptides are, because that's a real common question we're seeing in the clinic. But what we're going to do is we're going to have a couple of other episodes where we dive into specific peptides, which I think people will be really interested in. So stay tuned for that, because I think what we're going to do is we're going to pick like the top 10 peptides and really just do a deep dive into what they do who they can help, how they can be administered, and then talk about some of the science that's out there behind them. Because I think that information that meet is really gonna just give people more clarity on how these may be incorporated into their plan of action. And me personally, I have utilized several peptides for various things. And I've just, I've also seen great results where other things have failed. So I just am excited about sharing with the public letting them know, them know what's possible. So please guys stay tuned for the next couple of episodes because we're going to do a deeper dive and talk all about specific peptides. But thank you again, Mike, for joining me. And again, we'll talk soon on the next episode. My pleasure. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I'm Dr. Seth Osgood, the founder of Grassroots Functional Medicine. Don't forget, you can join the Grassroots private Facebook group to connect with fellow health seekers and find practical tips to improve your state of wellness. Just search Grassroots Community on Facebook to join. And if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, 
and you're looking for a comprehensive program to reclaim your state of wellness with cutting edge testing, a team of providers to hold you accountable, and a structured plan of action to not only get you well, but to keep you well in the years to come, check out our adaptation programs online at grassrootsfunctionalmedicine.com. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.